stood up out of the sunroof, what in the world, yelled at this guy two feet away from him. Like we were like, if someone had a gun, we're definitely getting caught in the crossfire, right? And then he slides back down into his seat and just proceeds to show us the rest of the city. It was just one of those moments where I was like, I don't know whether to like be super afraid of you or to respect you (laughs) so much right now. It was a little bit of both. Welcome to the Push Podcast. Why push? Because a nudge is just too friendly. And friend, we're here to help you get your shit together. I'm Eddie. And I'm Janelle. And we're the Copelands. We've got three daughters, two businesses, a mortgage, and lots of responsibilities. So just like you, we're struggling to find that perfect balance of ambitious go-getter hustle while still staying present, loving our kids, and working on our relationship. <laughs> and doing the laundry, going to the grocery store. Oh, and don't forget being mindful. Yeah, mindful all of this. the stuff. <laughs> so if you're juggling all the things, but you're also trying to get to the next level, guess what? You're in the right place. So get ready to be pushed. Hey guys, welcome back to the Push Podcast. This is episode number 22. 22. And I think I'm going to call this episode What in the World? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so you got to give some context I of what will. that means. Um if you listen to episode number 20, we did a quick snippet of Eddie we often come home and like his what what am I trying to say? His reaction when something strange happens is, "What in the world?" <laughs> the kids started like copying that. I, don't, it's I think like it, an eighty year old uh, <laughs> way of expressing like that's weird. I right? think I, I think I might have gotten it from my mom. I think she says, "What in the world?" all the time. Does she? Yeah. I think so. And so you're right. She does. She does. And so when things happen, you're turning I, into your mother. <laughs> I naturally go, "What in the world?" Like, yeah. <laughs> just so like perplexed. random, like. A good example of what in the world is a few years ago, we were in New York, right? And, oh, my gosh. And so um, when we go to New York, it, it, we love it because, one, we want to find all the food places. and We and, literally only go for food. What yeah, we go about? for food. And and so we were on the hunt for this place that had like the ama- some amazing cookies. Levain or Bakery. Levain Bakery. I don't know if it's Levain, Levon, but it's a really big deal. If you go to... New York, you cannot not get one of these chocolate chip cookies. Yeah. They're like bigger than your hand. They only have like five flavors, but they're fresh, they're hot. And there's a line down the street, which I always love supporting businesses like that. So we get on an Uber. We're driving. That was oh, an experience. That was so. an experience too. So we're in the Uber <laughs> and this guy, he's a Puerto Rican guy. He's got a super thick accent. He's being a really great tour guide. We were just totally vibing with him. He's like, over here to the left, you got da 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 And over here on the right, oh, that's where such and such lives. And he's just like, you can tell he's lived there his entire life. He takes pride in this, you know, knowing all the different barrio, barrios. Barrio. <laughs> And um, it was just a really fun ride. So he has his sunroof open. And all of a sudden on the right, this guy is trying to pull off from the curb, but he's trying to cut off our Uber driver, right? And so our Uber driver has nowhere to go. It's like bumper to bumper traffic. And so he inches up like maybe two inches. And then the guy that's trying to merge like gets over on him another two inches. And we're going nowhere, you guys. And so our guy, he inches up a little bit more. And then this guy to the right inches up a little bit more. And finally, our Uber driver in the middle of his tourist 
yeah, uh, tour guide stuff that he was like doing. Telling us about the city. Yeah. He's like super he's cool. He's super nice. He stands up in the car, puts his head out of the sunroof, and he goes, Motherfucker, where are you trying to go? You see, I ain't got nowhere to go. Back the fuck up. And we're like, <gasps> What in the world? <laughs> <laughs> And then he sits back down. They get into a full-blown fight. Mind you guys, we're not even three feet away from the guy. I'm sitting on the right, and this guy is on the right in the car, and he's yelling back at him super aggressively. They're literally less than two feet away. Yeah. Like, that's what it is. And then he slides back into his seat, and he goes, so like I was saying... Over here on the left, and it was like it never happened. Yeah, it was like, are you a sociopath? Because you just freaked out right now. It was the best thing got, I've ever seen, though. <laughs> he like, just got back in the car mid-sentence. Like, he was talking to us. Then he gets out of the car, goes crazy outside the sunroof. When sun you roof. say get out of the car, though, I mean, he didn't get out. No, he I mean, stood out he of stood the sunroof. <laughs> stood up out of the sunroof. What in the world? Yelled at this guy two feet away from him. Like, we were like, if someone had a gun, we're definitely getting caught in the crossfire, right? And then he slides back down into his seat and just proceeds to show us the rest of the city. It was just one of those moments where I was like, I don't know whether to, like, be super afraid of you or to respect you (laughs) so much right now. It was a little bit of both. Oh, my God. Yeah, it was. That was a what in the world moment for sure. So Uh, we go to the bakery. We go to the bakery. He drops us off at the bakery. There's a line, but you can barely see the sign. And there was a bigger sign that said tanning, right? Right. And so I asked people. I didn't think we passed it. We did. Yeah. But I asked the people in the line, I was like, are you guys in line for tanning? And they started laughing. (laughs) They go, no, we're in line for Levain Bakery. And I was like, oh, okay, we're in the right place. So we say bye to the Uber driver. We get in line. There's probably 30, 35 people in line or so. Oh, at least. All different races, all different from all over. It's definitely a tourist destination. Yeah. So we're in line. You know, now we've got maybe five people behind us. We're inching up a little bit. And this homeless guy comes from nowhere. Yeah. He like comes out of nowhere and then he beelines towards me. So he's like an older black gentleman. You know, I look people in their eyes. I I treat everyone with... A tremendous amount of respect. So somebody looks at me, I made eye contact, and then he came at me and he said, what did he say exactly? Wait, you were the only one that he, made he, eye contact, just I know. so we're Every, clear. Everybody else was just like in his own, having right. a conversation. So he picked you because you made eye contact <laughs> with him, just to be clear. So if you're listening and you're like, I don't want this to happen to me, yeah. wait for it. But don't make eye contact if you're not ready to be talked to. Yeah, and he walks over, he says, hey man, you got any change? And I go, oh no, I don't have any cash. He goes, why you got to lie? You know you got some change because you're going in there. He's like, got his <laughs> hands up. He gets super animated. And then he proceeds to yell at Eddie for about two minutes. Yeah, he's like he's like telling me. I ain't stupid. I ain't stupid. Yeah, I know you got some money because you're going in there. Like with this New York accent. And he's like pointing Using me out, yelling out. at me yeah. about not having any cash. I'm like, I don't, I don't know. Do you have like a square? Like I can give you, I can like. I can wire transfer you. I can wire transfer you some money. But anyone who tried, he literally had no cash. And so he's yelling at me and like there's a line in front of everyone. And I'm like, what do I do? Do I just sit here and just put my hands in my pocket and look down and just kind of let this thing well, ride out? that's what up? we did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We just kind of like put our head down and just like kind of left you and out. And he was so upset. He didn't ask anybody else. No, nope, He only me. asked me and I didn't have any change. 
And he's like, he just, and he's, he, he, he yells at me. He goes off. He he's tells me, I know up. you got money. Cause I if you're going in stupid. there, to, I ain't stupid. I ain't stupid. I know you got some money cause you're going in there. Yeah. And I was like, it like I, 20 times. I was like, oh, I don't have any cash. But the thing is, is no one looked up to help you either. No, no one said, hey, buddy, get, you know, get away from that guy. He doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't deserve, he doesn't deserve you yelling at him. So that was a what in the world moment for sure. And I now like I have had this these moments with like homeless people. You're like a magnet that I, they just treat me like shit. They like, do, I, and I and I give them money and I give them food, yeah. and they just don't. I just don't vibe well with them, you know. Well, and so, it's just because you're such a nice guy, and you're kind of like a mark. Like <laughs> they see you, they see you. You make eye contact with them, and you know you give off this friendly vibe, and so they're like, "Oh, he's a sucker. I'm yeah. gonna take care of him." That's what they do. Because when I walk down the street, I just walk. Yeah. And I do, I, I feel really guilty sometimes, like on an off ramp or something. Oh God, I have a wet in this, uh, wet in this world. And then I want you to go back to your homeless story. Yeah. So um, I'm on an off ramp, a freeway off ramp in Pasadena, going to the doctor one morning. It's like eight o'clock in the morning. And I'm telling you guys, things like this happen to us all the time. And we're like, nobody would ever believe this. So this is what we're talking about today. Like what in the world moments, right? And we want to hear about your what in the world moments, too, because this is just so much fun. So I'm there by myself going to the doctor and there's a homeless woman on the corner. And I look at people and I want to know their story. Like, I want to know what happened in her life. Like, did she lose a child? And I start like getting really deep, like I'm sitting at a red light. I start getting really deep with like, what would have to happen in my life for me to live this kind of life? And it usually touches my heart. And, you know, so I just kind of sit there with it. And if I'm feeling really compelled, sometimes I'll roll down the window and I'll give them 20 bucks, like whatever I have. And you're very much like that, too. So I'm watching this woman and I'm trying not to make eye contact with her, but I'm kind of watching. She's literally three feet away from me. She's on the corner. I'm on the corner. She's to my left. And all of a sudden, she's like, you know, she's angry, she's cussing. And and then all of a sudden, she switches and she goes, oh, yes, yes. And she's kind of opening her jacket up towards the top by her neck. She reaches her hand in and I'm like, what is she doing? Like, because her mood switched, yeah. right? She was cussing, she was upset, she was angry. And now she's like nurturing, like, Yes, little baby, put it like talking in this weird voice. And I had, I'm so weird. I had cracked my window just slightly so I could hear what she was saying because I was so intrigued, right? I study people. Maybe that, maybe people are listening, like, what in the world? Why is she doing this? So I crack the window and I see her reach into like her sweater up by her neck and shoulder. And she pulls out the world's largest rat, you guys. A rat. (laughs) A rat. And the tail is like two feet long. And my mouth is salivating. And I'm like, oh, my God, I need the light to turn green. And she's holding it up now like it's a baby in her face. Oh, you're so cute. And she's talking like baby talk to it. And now I can't look at her because I'm ready to throw up. It's the most ginormous street rat I've ever seen in my life. And she's talking baby talk to it. And so needless to say, I didn't roll down my window and give her 20 bucks. That is a what in the world. So the light turns green and I come home. I tell like everybody later and they're just like, mom, that's a terrible story. Yeah. 
But nobody would believe me. Yeah, it was that a is huge disgusting. Oh, it was bad. I, so here's the thing: I have a huge problem with rodents, like possums, yeah. rats. I don't care. I'm like I a, think most I am people a, do. But I am like an elephant. Like if those things come around, I'm jumping and hopping. <laughs> and I just they, they for whatever reason they freak me out. So <laughs> if I would have saw that, I would have screamed out the window. Ah, lady, you got a rat in your hand, <laughs> and she would probably said, "It's my baby. <laughs> it's Cuts my baby, out. fool." Yeah. No, but I would have freaked out. That's that's disgusting. It was <laughs> so um, I think you should tell the story. You have so many stories, but. What about the time we were really into meal prepping and oh, had yeah. some meals at work? And Well, so this story is interesting because you almost have to see me, but uh, <laughs> I would walk to the train um, from work just so that, you know, obviously it's, it's convenient. And sometimes I was, you know, at that time I was eating like four or five meals a day. And so I would take all my meals in these little cool little plastic containers because we would meal prep. And, and so... On my way to the train, I would warm up food and, and I would walk to the train and I would eat. This is like after a Yeah, day and I'm work. talking, these are nice meals. Right. I'm talking about nice ground turkey right. with some- 3% yeah, fat. 3% like not fat, the cheap stuff. Premium stuff. Broccoli, <laughs> you know, jasmine rice. When you think about this meal, any person that who, who who's missed a meal would be like, "This is like Thanksgiving, right?" Right. So, and so it's I, after work, it's after work. I warm it up. I warm up my food, and I still have it closed. I haven't even opened it yet. I'm walking down the street, and I, I come across this guy, and he goes, "Hey, you got you know, homeless brought, guy? Homeless guy?" And he goes, "Hey, can I have any, you have any change?" I said, "I don't have any change, but I have food." He goes, "What's in it?" <laughs> um, uh, it's got uh so ground, wait, ground turkey i'm looking you're down ready he, to give him your brand yeah new I, it's, hot I, it's, it's hot it's still steaming and i look down i said it's got ground turkey in it he goes what's what's in the ground turkey uh <laughs> seasoning uh i think we mix in a little bit of garlic and he's literally and you guys giving him I'm the like, ingredients <laughs> I'm like do you want to know the calorie count too right and i'm like um and it's you know 300 calories you know? and then eddie goes and it's got some broccoli i got some broccoli in he there goes, he looked at me and he waved he like he, was so he, he looked aside and slapped it and smacked his lips and moved his hand to brush me off like move along sucker <laughs> i don't want that shit and i was like what is that what in the world i'm just you know and so i'm sitting there and i literally paused and looked at him and i looked at the food and i looked at him and i was like what is happening he's not even looking at me anymore he like, brushed I, like you off. I disgusted him with with the ingredients what's in this food it was the broccoli it, he dismissed he's, you he's like I don't ain't want nobody no got time for no broccoli give me some money so i can get me a burger i don't want your <laughs> healthy meals i'm out here starving i need some fat i don't know what the i, I wish i knew what he was thinking because it definitely put me in a state of like what in the world's happening i thought i thought i was doing something really nice i'm, I'm gonna give this food guy my my food I, you know i i live a blessed life food's gonna come my way right. <laughs> i'm not gonna have to worry about this but food that your if wife prepared yeah if it's not someone i walk past this one guy one day and i'm like walking and i like you know i i walk and i'm like looking at people and i like study people too so i like look at people just to kind of say what's going on i look at this guy he's homeless he's sitting on the ground and as i'm walking by he goes ass wipe and i'm like wait <laughs> what me I'm an ass wife. Like, what did I do? Like, what in the world is happening? So these are things that I I, I just go through all the time. You're you know? a magnet for the homeless yeah, people. Yeah, I'm a magnet for homeless people. I, I They see me. And they, we do so much for and them, they, too. And they call me names. And I hate that we're generalizing because it's yeah. not all homeless people. But 
Uh, oh, well, there's a guy that shops at your store that, you know, when they come in oh, yeah. and they're there for too long, Eddie's the big guy in the store that they have to ask, like, hey, can you have him leave now? He's been here too long. So Eddie goes up and this one guy, he's super little. And he calls Eddie little man. Yeah, he goes, get out of here, I, little I, man. I say, hey, man, you got to get, get going. He goes, all right, little man. I go, what? He's so much he goes, smaller than Eddie, you guys. All right, I heard you, little man. Go, go, little man. And he's, he's like, like shooing he's off. shooing me off. You know when people have their hand out and they just like flick their fingers out to kind of like go, <laughs> move along like they like, they're like their royalty. Right. Like, go, like, peasant. Yeah. And he's like, go, little man. I heard you. Go, go. Go, little man. And he's like looking at me and he's like patronizing me at this point in time. He's like, go, 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 little man. I'm like, and I feel myself walking away. I'm like, did I just get punked? Did I just get punked? What the hell is happening here? By a guy half my size. What the hell? Also, is homeless. Yeah. And so, I just let you guys know, I choose love over going crazy. Yeah. So, <laughs> that is uh, <laughs> another what in the world moment. But, you know, I think. If you really and I, the cool thing is, is that these are things that some people may look at saying they were, it was a traumatic experience, right? right? <laughs> like somebody, a, a homeless person chastising you in New York, uh, maybe a, a moment where you go, "I will never forget that." I was so scared. Right. I wasn't scared. Laugh. I was just like, "What in the hell is happening?" Right. You know, and oh so um, th- those are things I think that are, are definitely what in the world moments. Well, one of the reasons why we decided to do this episode, other than the fact that it's funny, is that uh, we recently were traveling separately. Yeah. And so Eddie just got back from a huge convention for work at uh, in Nashville. Yeah. And I just got back from celebrating uh, my new sister-in-law, Chrissy Farr. Uh, she's a reporter for CNBC. She's kind of a big deal. That's I'll awesome. tell you a funny story about that in a second. But we went to Mexico for a couple of days to celebrate bachelorette style and not like while and out bachelorette. That's not what we do. At but least you, that's, but that's what you told me. No, it was definitely <laughs> the opposite of when you hear the word bachelorette. I'll tell you. So she brings all of her friends and I, I would say most of them are journalists. Like they're very successful. So my sister and I go... And, you know, it's like the first time the sisters, she's marrying our brother, the first time the sisters are meeting the sister-in-law's friends and actually hanging out. So we go, they had planned this whole trip. I had never been to this particular part of Mexico. And I got to tell you, the what in the world for me was, why are there so many white people? (laughs) I mean, it was like I was in Newport Beach. There was no, like all of the people, the workers, they were Hispanic, but they spoke perfectly good English. And my sister was like, oh, I I want somebody to speak broken English to me. Like, what in the world is happening? Where are we? I felt like I was stuck in like the Twilight Zone. It was so strange. So the first night we get there, we check into our hotel. It's great. And um, we take an Uber to go meet them for dinner. And it's at this place called Flora Farms. And where did we stay? Los Cabos is where we stayed. Mm -hmm. So Flora Farms sounds kind of cool. Flora, Spanish, right? Flora. And so we get in the Uber. By the way, side note. Verizon sucks. I'm just going to let you know. I recently switched my service from Sprint and I was a customer for what, 19 years or something ridiculous, 16 or 19 years. And Eddie insisted that we switch over because he had just had it with too many what in the world moments with Sprint. So we switch over to Verizon and Eddie took care of our family plan. He signed us all up. So the day that I'm traveling, I call, you know, Verizon and I was like, hey, I just want to let you know I'm going to be roaming. I'm going to be in another country. What do I need to do? 
and they would not give me any information on my account because it was under my husband's name. I was like, what in the world? Like, I, I, what are you talking about? I'll give you his social. I'll give you his address. I pay the bill. What are you talking about? Like, just I'm letting you know I'm going to need service when I get off the plane. And you were in your conference. And so I was really frustrated about that. And sure enough, when I got off at the airport, I had no service in another country. Yeah. So I'm really pissed at Verizon. I got to tell you, I was there for four <laughs> days. Eddie called 14 different times. They kept saying, oh, yeah, I should be fine. Well, it wasn't fine. Yeah. Okay. And I didn't have any service unless I was on Wi-Fi. So from our hotel. But if Verizon wants to sponsor the show, we can retract all these statements. Thank yeah, you. Most. I will. But for right now, <laughs> Verizon's on my shit list. <laughs> And so anyways, we take this Uber. It's nighttime. We have no service. Once we leave the hotel, we get in the Uber. No service now, right? So if something happens, if I want to call 911, I don't so even strange. know. Does 911 even work in Mexico? I'm not sure. <laughs> I don't know. So my sister and I are in the Uber. We're driving. And all of a sudden, we take a left turn. And now we're on a dirt road in the middle of nowhere, going up this mountain. And for certain... My whole life flashes in front of me because I'm for certain we're going to be kidnapped and sold into sex slavery or something. So I'm like, there's really no way out of this. Like, I have no weapons. I can't run down the hill. I'm in the middle of a dirt road. Pretty scary. And I don't usually freak out about stuff like this ever. Right. But we're going up this mountain and I'm like, for certain, this is not the way to a restaurant. Like, (laughs) this is just not. And I don't know, what would you ladies do in that situation? Because part of me was like, do I tell him, mm, abort mission, let me out right now. Eject, eject. I didn't have any service. I couldn't call another Uber. I We were too far up this mountain. So I just had to deal with whatever fate was in front of right. us. So my sister said the only thing that kept her safe was that there was a car behind us. I'm like, mm. yeah, they were in on it, though. This is the Mexican mafia. I don't know. <laughs> So we're just sitting there quietly. We finally make it to the top of this hill. And all of a sudden, it looks like freaking Pasadena. Like, literally, it's like Colorado Boulevard. There's lights everywhere. I want to say we went through, like, the gates of, like, some sort of estate-looking something. And then it was a city. It was, like, a city with, like, a free people store. Like, (laughs) it doesn't get more bougie than that, right? Wow. Nothing but white people. And, and we love you, white people. And but. I love you. But I was like, we're in the middle of Mexico. What part of Mexico is this? Everyone is like blonde hair, blue eyed. And don't get me wrong. The place was amazing. But it's like a restaurant. It's a farm. There's shops like you, people are buying shawls. There's a jewelry store like this is not like a regular like ciudad that's selling like chiclets. Right. Mm-hmm. This is like, where the hell are we? <laughs> I was so confused. Again, beautiful, but where are we? Are we in Mexico? So we go up to the hostess where the restaurant is. And again, it's beautiful. It's called Flora Farms. I guess they grow all their vegetables there. You know, they've got animals there that they raise. And the food was freaking fantastic. Not Mexican food. I had beet risotto with shrimp. Wow. And it was phenomenal. But it wasn't, there was no chips and guac. I'll tell you that, right? Yeah. So I, at one point I asked the waitress, like I turned to her and I said, I muchos gringos, por qué? And she was like, oh yes, lots of white people here. 
Most of them come from Orange County or San Francisco. <laughs> she knew exactly what I was talking about. And I was like, where are the Mexicans? <laughs> and she goes, oh, they're not here. <laughs> and had the perfect, you know, English. Yeah. And it was just the strangest thing. So that was my what in the world. The entire trip was like that. The well, hotel, the resort. Like, it's something that I was just like, I don't know that I would come back. Beautiful. We had a fantastic time. Company was great. But I was like... What is happening? And right I think now? That, that I think that it's like when we went to Thailand. It's like if we went there and it was just another version of America. It's like why did you travel in the right. first place? But the buildings, the signage, like everything was right. All you want to be authentic, Los Angeles, <laughs> Newport Beach, right? It was like yeah. As a version. matter of fact, when we walked up, one of the guys is like waiting for his table. You know, tall white guy there with his wife, and this other group of people walk up and they're like, bro. I think you're my neighbor. What up, Newport Beach? And I'm like, this is like a scene out of the movie. Where are you people coming from? Why did you get this memo that this is where you needed to come and congregate right here, like in the middle of Mexico? And then I was like, why did I need a passport to come here? Why did I go through customs when I'm in the middle of Newport Beach right here? So that was my what in the world. Yeah. It was very strange. Well, so because I went to Nashville, um, and we were to Opryland, which is gigantic, by the way. So if you're ever in Nashville and you Opryland. go to the- Op- Everybody knows what Opryland well, is. Well, I didn't know. But mm-hmm. I, we, we went- So we went for our anniversary. Uh, not We didn't stay there. We just went to the spa there, which was awesome. Mm-hmm. But uh, went back for an event. And we I, we took our online business manager, mm-hmm. um, Jay. Jay. Shout out shout to Jay. Out Jay. And so um, me and Jay are hanging out. And we, you know, we have lunch. And so we're waiting at, at lunch. And this was a, you know, at lunch is a great time to like meet people, mm-hmm. right? So there's a couple of things with the meeting people, which we I at thought. at a conference with like 10,000 people. Yeah. So. Yeah. And it was amazing because it was really great networking and just getting to know people's story, which I'm always so curious about people. And so mm-hmm. I have a lot of different stories. Most of my like stories and highlights are from meeting people. But you also have an element that people are there because their business is to be an affiliate, to do different things, mm-hmm. to make money. And so they're looking for people to talk to so mm-hmm. that they can you know, do their thing, right? Which uh, I don't know how I feel about it, but I get it. I, I'm not going to knock your hustle. Well, but, the thing so, is, is, I only go to these meetings to network and like make connections and friends. And he's a little more reserved. No, and, and but it wasn't so much that. It was like, yeah, I'm, I'm there to network. I'm, I'm here to talk to people. I walk to random people. I look at their name tag. I mm-hmm. say, hi, John, how are you doing? Right. What do you do? I'm like, that's I'm gonna, so uh, weird in that voice. You do, yeah, I do. you it's approach a, them in that just voice. Just in that voice. Exactly. You should not. That's scary. <laughs> I'm just joking. I don't do I would, that. I, if I had a podcast and some random guy like you walked up to me and said hi to me like that, I'd be talking about you on my podcast right, right now. So, so here's the thing. I am a young looking guy, right? I am 30-ish. Uh, and um, <laughs> and Jay is 20-ish, uh-huh. right? And so I'm sitting there and this guy walks up to, to me and Jay and he's all, so, oh, is this your daughter? And I go, mother, <laughs> who's what? And I, I didn't even answer him. I literally looked aside. I, I looked at the homeless guy. I looked away. And I Did went, you shoo him off? <laughs> you smacked your, your lips Yeah, like he was that. an older guy. And I was like, I looked and I was like, this mother. No. And then Jay goes, no, I, I, I work with him. And I'm like, yeah, she is an adult, right? 
I have children. What? What in the, what in the world? Your child is nineteen and Jay is twenty five. I I don't care. Okay. Like literally, and I, and then he started to proceed to talk to me about what he does, and I was like, I you don't care. I are mad at him? Yeah, at this I was point. like, wait a second, you don't understand. I'm a young, I'm a healthy, young thirty ish person. Have it has <laughs> it hit you yet? Because by the way, you're gonna be forty. Why are you tell me you're in how the old next I'm gonna be? like three months? You'll be forty. And it hasn't hit you yet because we we've talked about this that like we're at that age where it's questionable. Like Eddie and I, we feel like we look great. We feel like we're still young. I literally feel like I just turned thirty. Well, no one was surprised that I was talking to that I had a eighteen year old daughter in college. So that's where our life has like recently shifted because we noticed that previously when we would say like, oh, we have three kids, people would say, what? You guys don't look old enough to have three kids. How old are they? And then when we would say like, oh, they're 13, you know, yeah. 11 and They're 14, whatever. 16 and 18. Right. Yeah. And so now oh. that we say they're, oh, we have three kids, they're 18, 16 and 14, people go, oh, that's sweet. And we're like looking at each other like, you better say, ever. you better say you guys look so young. No right. way. So we're at that age it now. It happens still a little bit, but sometimes. Yeah. And so we kind of squeeze each other's hands and we're like, oh, she's out. We don't like her. Yeah. But it's funny. It's not them. It's us. Right. And Jay was really good about it. She didn't mention it once. I remember. <laughs> she should. I'm going to I'm gonna tell her to tease you about it. But I remember being at the bakery and we had Olivia that worked for us. Olivia is yeah. super cute. She's mixed, right? I think people read my story online. They walk into the bakery and they know that I have daughters. Right. And I remember the first time they asked like, oh, are you Janelle's daughter? And I almost lost my mind. <laughs> Because Olivia was 18. This was like three years ago. So I'm like 36 maybe. Yeah. And I'm like offended that you think this grown up who's in college is my kid. Because at the time my kid might have been like 14. Right. And uh, yeah, I think it's an us problem, babe. I don't think it's a them problem. Uh, No, it's a them problem. I mean, I know I know that when people look young and I say, hey, you know, I wouldn't walk over to someone and say, oh, is this your daughter? What kind of opening statement is that? (laughs) Like, I'm sitting there going, I literally looked over and I was like, oh, man, really? (laughs) Really? And like, you know, and I'm normally pretty cool when it comes to things. I literally didn't even respond to him. I looked away. I was like, yeah, right. What's wrong with you? You're a jerk. So, so that was that definitely was a what in the world? What is wrong with you, man? That's right. And then he tried to like sell me his service. And so here's the other thing, okay? Uh, like for all of you listening, when you go to a networking event, right? And let's just say maybe you are a weirdo, mm-hmm. okay? Maybe you're listening to this. You know that you're a weirdo. How would the somebody rest of the, know that they're a weirdo? You know when you're weird, okay? Right. Go ahead. And the rest of in in, in the rest of the world doesn't need to know that you're weird, but <laughs> I would was talking to certain people and they would start off like, oh, this person's really cool. I may want to continue to connect with this person and, you know, build on this relationship. Mm-hmm. And they do certain things, I do things, and maybe mm-hmm. there's a collaboration or whatever the case may be, or or it's just a good business. Yeah, that's um, the point of networking. That's the, the point of it, right? But there were a few times where people kept talking. And they were revealing some things about themselves that I was like, what in the world is wrong with you? Like, Why are what? you telling me this guy? So one one person was like telling me all these things. And then he went, then they proceeded to tell me that they have these strong fanatic fans mm-hmm. that are willing to do anything if anyone crossed them. Oh. And I was like, 
did I say something to you where you threatened? Are you, is this right. a threat? Like, what is wrong with you? Why are you telling me this, right? He said, one time this person said something and they, they had their name, like my name was all in the thread. And I was like, why do I want to know that? Right. Why, why are like you- your people are coming. What are you, are you the beehive? Yeah. Are you the founder of the well, beehive? And I'm like, at a business event where you're talking to different people, why did you think that was important to tell right. me that, right? And so that was one thing. And then like, when people are trying to do the humble brag, mm-hmm. right? Tell me a humble brag. A humble brag is like, oh, I started this business and it's just, you know it's it's small. I mean, we we really are probably going to do you know a, a million dollars a month, but it's something we, we've really got to work on some things and mm-hmm. you know and we have so many opportunities. It's and- so many opportunities and and stuff like that. So tell me what you do. <laughs> uh, well, you know. Yeah, I definitely I, don't make a million dollars a month quite yet. Yeah, but. and so uh, it, it was. It, it, some of that was a little. There was like little humble brags here and there, and then you know it's just interacting with people. You and, and I'll tell you this: that I met some fantastic individuals mm-hmm. that that are extremely you know nice. I, I met. Uh, I sat at a table one day randomly. These guys were like, you want to sit with us? And I was like, sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, like Jay had had her own lunch. Oh, so I, that's always a commitment. Like someone in in the cafeteria, it's like grade school. You want to sit with us? Uh-huh. Oh. And that was like cool. Table is this a? mm. And they all had they all had different like accents. And so I was like, oh wow, these people are all from different places. So one was from like the UK, Mm -hmm. one was from Australia, one was from Italy, and they all were just really really cool people. And they were more interested in my story than I'm like you guys are the interesting ones. Mm -hmm. And and one guy had a really great following on Mm -hmm. on uh, social media. And so we had this really great lunch and great Mm -hmm. dialogue. And That's it was awesome. really awesome, right? Mm-hmm. And so, especially when if you go to places like your ability to ask questions and to and to really be curious about people, mm-hmm. I think it makes people feel good. But you learn so much, absolutely. Uh, but you also learn shit you don't want to know. Oh <laughs> my gosh! Well, in some of the weirdos' defense, though, Jay said that you guys had on these rookie badges. I guess oh, everybody right. at the conference had a badge, but yours was a certain color that led others to believe that you were a rookie first timer. Right. So she said that's why you guys were basically marks and that's why they were approaching you. Somebody told to- me that. I said, why'd you put the rookie thing on there? I go, because this is my first time here. Yeah. Next I'm just time, following don't the rules. That. Yeah. And so, that's yeah, funny. It, 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 they did say that. They said, yeah, people see that rookie and they're like, like vultures. I'm like, oh, all right. Well, that's why they're like all of a sudden want to give me all the advice in the world. Mm-hmm. And that's another thing. Like there's a moment in time where you in your conversation, I talked to one guy and he just kept throwing advice at me. Mm-hmm. And the, here's the problem. And this is this is good. If you don't know where someone is at and mm-hmm. you haven't asked enough questions, mm-hmm. there's not space for you to give advice because the worst thing you can do is tell something, help someone with something they don't necessarily need help with, mm-hmm. right? Or give them something. And I know you're, they're doing it either to add value or maybe it's an ego thing mm-hmm. or whatever. I don't know what the motive is or the intent, but this one guy was just giving me, I talked to him for 45 minutes and it was a great, great conversation mm-hmm. at in the beginning. And then he started like giving me all this advice and I was like, okay. And I was listening because I wanted to be open, but I was like, these are things that I'm pretty familiar with. You know, Thank you for that. And, mm-hmm. I, and then I guess I got to work on cutting people off and saying, I already know that. Tell me something I don't know. Mm-hmm. But 
I would tell you guys this. If you go to any type of event or if you're networking, ask as many questions as possible. And then ask the question, hey, so before I leave, like, is there something I can help you with Mm. that? Or is there someone that that I heard this question the other day? Is there someone that you know that I need to know based on what you love that question? That's a great question, right? And so I think that's just my tip. So next time I go somewhere, I'm not going to give anyone any advice Mm -hmm. until I ask that. Hey, is there anything that you need some help with it? You have some questions. I don't know if I have the answers, but I just want to ask you that just in case. Yeah, (laughs) just being of service. Right, right. Absolutely. That kind of leads me into, um, I don't know, I think we have time for one more what in the world. But I got to tell you, recently, lots of people have been asking for my time. And I mean, like sending me messages saying like, hey, let me know when you have some free time. I wanted to go over this thing that I'm working on with you. Like, it'll just take an hour. The thought of that makes me want to cry. Like putting an hour of free time. I'm using air quotes because who has free time? Right. Like, I don't even really know you. Like, and so I want to tell this story, but I want to tell it in a very objective way because, um, because I'm not being a I'm not being a jerk about this. Right, but right. three times in the last two weeks, like people have business ventures or things that they're working on. And I don't really know these people mm-hmm. like at all. Maybe I know you from Instagram. Maybe you comment on my stuff. That's great. But we don't have a relationship to where like we are sharing time together on a regular basis. Right. right. So I need to clarify that because if a friend calls me and says, hey, let me know when you have a, a few minutes. Like I need to talk to you about some. I'm there for you. Like right. I am. I'm going to make the time, whatever. But if I don't know you from anywhere other than social media or like, I don't know where I know you from. And you slide into my DMs and you say, hey, let me know when you have an extra hour because I'd really love to go over this thing that I'm working. Do you not know me? And I'm just like, (laughs) extra hour. you must not follow me then because everybody that I meet is like, how do you do it all? You're so busy, this and that. And you're asking me for an hour. You're not asking me for like, Hey, I have got a question. It would take three minutes. Remember when I met you at the gym? It's just super quick. I, you know, I might consider that, right? But if you're asking me for an hour or 45 minutes of my time, that's like offensive to me, I think. Am I wrong? No, no, I don't think you're wrong at all. Okay. So this woman had asked me twice now. Mm. And I know that she works for a company like an MLM. Mm -hmm. And I want to be very clear. We have some extremely successful friends and family members that are involved in MLMs and they've worked their way up. And so we respect that. I respect your hustle. But I also have people selling leggings and selling uh, facial products and selling everything under the sun to me that they think that I need. And it's like, I see that you sell this because you post it all the time. And if I needed it, I would reach out to you. Trust me. Right. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So this woman asked me like, again, second time, hey, let me know if you have some time. Our office is hosting a free conference call and we're trying to win a contest. And I was just wondering if you'd be around on Monday evening to hop on this conference call for 45 minutes so me and my boyfriend could win a contest. Without any context, no without context. like telling you no. it, what this is all about. Just I'm going to go to the secret meeting about the secret topic. And I'm going to invest my time strangers. on a conference call <laughs> so you can win. a. Uh, and I want you to know I'm telling this story with the most open heart and like I'm here to serve. So I was offended, though, like. I don't, you're giving me no value. Yeah. And so this is where I think the podcast is about to get good because one of the things that we do when we're coaching and mentoring, you know, we're business strategists 
And one of the things we do in particularly with our female students is we teach them how to sell. Like you should always be closing. If you have something that you are selling, you got to sell it. right? Right. And I just want to tell you, like, I wanted to provide her feedback. So I responded back and I thought, should I do this? Okay. So I responded back and I said, hey, are you open to some feedback for, you know, like how you're approaching people to ask for their time? She responds back. She goes, what? Dot, dot, dot. You mean like how I reached out to you? And I said, yeah, like your pitch. You're pitching me, you know, the opportunity for me to invest my time. Are you interested in some feedback? I just want to know because I want to help you get better at this, right? Because clearly I'm not the only one. If you don't know me and you're doing this, then I can only imagine what you're doing to your friends, your family, people you really know, right? Right, right. And so I don't care about you winning this contest. I care about you providing value to me. Mm-hmm. Like if you would have provided value, then I would have been like probably down to invest my time. But in order for her to provide value, she needed to know if you she had some needs. She doesn't know me. Yeah. Right. What are your needs? Right. And if maybe I have a service that could fulfill those needs. So <laughs> I, um, she said, yes, she'd be open to the feedback. And so I took the time to be really thoughtful And I typed this up and then I kind of was on a roll and then it got longer than Instagram would allow. And then I started to second guess myself because I know that I can be intimidating sometimes and I know that it could come off as rude. But truly and honestly, it came from my heart and I wanted to help her because that's what I do. I help women close sales. Right. Right. And so I want to read you what I wrote. And if she's listening, I again, I want you to know this was only for your benefit. <laughs> and after reading it to my husband, I realized that at some point it took a turn. And he said, yeah, I don't know if she's ready for that, honey. Like she didn't hire you to coach her. So I didn't send it. But I'm going to just be audacious and I'm going to read it now because it might help some of you. If you are selling something, particularly in, in an MLM. Oh, and then one time she hit me with a... I said, yeah, I don't really have time for that. You know, like I said it really nice. And she said, oh, well, I figured like when you started your bakery, you were trying to get people to test your stuff. Well, it's different because when I bake from home or like in the beginning stages of my business, I was offering stuff for free. Hey, can you taste this and let me know what you think? It also wasn't a secret what you were offering. You weren't like walking right. around with this black box saying, right. here, do you want some of this? Right. And people were like, what the hell but is people that? People are happy to take something and give you feedback, <laughs> right? right? You're, I was giving them something in exchange for their feedback. Right, right. Okay, so this is what I wrote. I said... Hey, if you're going to ask someone to invest their time, something no one can ever get back or earn more of, then you have to offer a trade. Right. That's nice. Right. Okay. You've got to offer something worthwhile, a way to help, something enticing, a free gift, something helpful, knowledge, life-changing information, or something in exchange for 45 minutes or an hour of someone's time. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So I didn't know how she would take that. I was like, maybe I need to give her more context. So I said twice now you've asked me to, quote, get together for a meeting end quote, or sit down on a Zoom call or attend a conference call. People have loved ones that they're neglecting because they run out of time every single day. They have chores, places to go, experiences they're putting off or forfeiting because time is so scarce and no one has enough of it right now. If you ask for someone's time, you should be solving a problem for them or enhancing their life in some sort of in some sort of way or offering a fair trade in exchange for the investment of their time. 
But step one, which is before you're even allowed to ask for their time, is to identify how and if you might be able to serve them. And before you ask for an investment or trade of someone's time, you have to identify again if you actually can even add value or benefit them in any way. Right. That's real. Yep. So if you're listening and you're in sales, that is step number one to asking for something. You've got to show up with something in exchange, right? Yeah, especially these days. I mean, we've got so many things that are being advertised, being marketed and all these different things like it. The crazy thing is that the algorithm is smarter than this person's actual like approach, mm-hmm. meaning that. Facebook and Google, they they actually have a better idea of what we need and want right. more than this person does. And they're not asking for 45 minutes of your time. Right. Okay. So I could have stopped there, but I was like, well, what if she needs more content? <laughs> I, I Like literally, what I want you to know help? I'm only coming from a place of love because right. I know what it's like to feel rejected. I know what it's like to put yourself out there and be scared. I know what it's like to be standing in fear, watching other people be audacious. I know what it's like to watch people win and you feel like that should be available for me too. So now I'm just going to wake up tomorrow. I'm going to be audacious and I'm going to message everybody that I know. And it's a huge step. And I'm really proud of you if you're doing that. But now I want to give you some tactical advice because there's a way, there's a science to selling Mm -hmm. and you can't just be like patting yourself on the back because you're being proud and audacious. You've got to actually have some sort of strategy. So this is my gift to you. So I proceed. I said, here's an example. If we got to know each other and you learned that there was a way that your services could help make my life, my finances, my relationships or whatever better, then of course I'd be willing to trade an hour of my time. A, um, I said a relationship would have had to be built, trust would have had to be established, and then you would be able to see if you were able or capable of serving me in some sort of way. I have people wanting to get together with me so they can sell me essential oils, smudge proof lipstick, insurance policies, debt consolidation programs, diet food and shakes, personal training, and the list goes on and on. None of that is anything that I need or I'd be willing to give up an hour for right now. Like at this current stage in my life, I'm running two to three businesses. I've got three children. I'm picking kids up from the train. I'm managing 20 employees. I don't have an hour to give you, right? right? So I said, but if I were selling something from an MLM, a new business owner or anything else, here's how I would do it. Step one, I'd add value. I said, I'd provide facts, tips, useful information that no one knows that would be helpful pertaining to whatever industry or expertise I am a pro at, right? Right. Step number two, I would do something to inspire others versus selling to them. So I'd share my story. I would share client testimonials. I'd share before and after results, transformations, whatever. I would share because social proof always does wonders. Mm -hmm. To me, that's a killer tip. We teach this stuff. I charge for this, by the way, right? Right, right. Step number three, I'd share how I'm winning in blank industry or with blank product, blank company, whatever. And I'd be transparent about what I was selling because indeed I would be selling something. So I would be sharing the benefits that I'm now reaping and how it's changed my life and how it's impacted people that I love 
especially if I sell like insurance or something, which is super boring. Right. Right. So I would be like, Hey, I just want you to know, like two months ago, my mom who was totally against life insurance finally signed a policy. And guess what? Unfortunately, she lost her husband, whatever. Like, how did it benefit her? Like that's another form of social proof, but that would help you close the sale. Right. So let's see. Number four, I'd be clear about what my intentions really are. If my job is to recruit with a contest, you know, win a contest or sell, then I would just tell you that. If I sell blank, then I would want you to consider buying it. I'd be truthful and upfront about that too. Yep. Again, I'm I'm just being honest in what I do, right? I mean, that's just that's like normal marketing. All right. your market everybody positions things so that you know their intent, so you know why you should pay attention or should you, right. If you should pay attention. Right. Step five, I'd be offering something in exchange for people's time, a free blank, maybe info, cheat sheets, checklists, samples, industry stats, anything to get people to be slightly interested because people who are interested will often buy eventually. right? Right. Step number six, I'd repeat steps one through five, and I would know that eventually if someone was interested in what I had to offer, they would reach out. Right. So that's step one through six. And then I said, sales is a science. The customer has to see value and be respected. If you'd like more tips on how to sell and increase your revenue, please click here to learn more about my savvy sales guide. I'm happy to help, right? It's free. So I want to give it to her. If you guys want it, I'll give it to you too for free. It's on pushpodcast.com. But here's my point in this. Again, I hope you don't think I'm a total bitch, but if you are an MLM salesperson, recruiter, whatever, be upfront with that. I just gave you six amazing tips to really win and kill it in your industry. But you cannot just slide into someone's DMs and ask them for an hour or 45 minutes of their time. It just doesn't work like that. So I hope this episode was helpful for you. We took a business turn right there and we gave you some value. But if you're selling something, I understand what it's like to be scared. I understand what it's like to be rejected. But I also want you to know that there are steps you have to take to educate yourself to get better at sales. And part of it comes from receiving feedback like this. So yeah. I hope this was helpful. It was a very lighthearted, fun episode, and we've got to run now, but keep pushing through, and we'll see you in the next episode. See you guys later. Thank you for listening to The Push Podcast. Hey, we want to hear from you. So if you have a question or there's a particular topic that you want us to tackle and you want us to help you push through, you got to do something for us. You got to go to Apple Podcasts and you got to leave a rating and a review. And in that review, go ahead and leave that question with your Instagram handle so that we can shout you out when we actually answer the question. And we'll talk about that on the podcast and make sure that, hey, this particular podcast is made for you. So leave a rating, leave a review leave your handle and until next time push through